Good morning, everyone. It's so great to see y'all. Welcome to New Hope this morning. If you're visiting, we're so happy to have you. Um, Please fill out a card. They're located at the back, and we'd love to get to know you better. And if you're online, good morning, and welcome to New Hope. If you're visiting also, please text us at 704-459-5575 and type welcome so we can connect with you. So we have a few announcements this morning. Um, First of all, I want to encourage everyone on Tuesday, ladies, not everyone, ladies, to come out to the Sharing Our Savior mission ministry group that the ladies have, that we have. It's either at 2.30, excuse me, 10.30 in the morning or 6.30. And just a reminder, the challenge that we had from last meeting was to find someone you don't know, show an act of kindness and or love or a deed or something special and share that with the group. So I hope you have a list ready to share. Um, and also please bring snacks to fill the baskets for hospice. And Sandy shared with me a great verse that I'm going to share with you. And let us consider how we may spur one another toward another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And that's Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. So come on out either at 10.30 or 6.30 and meet up with us. Just another reminder is that the youth group will be on a mission trip this coming week from Thursday until next Sunday. So please pray for our group as we go close by to the Shelby Mission Camp. And we are excited to see what God has in store for us and in the community of Shelby. And don't forget about the things in the bulletin like softball dates. Come out and support our church and get involved and I look forward to seeing y'all at so many things that we have. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, gracious Lord, King of the universe, we thank you for waking us up today. We thank you for giving us another chance. We thank you for your never-ending love, your patience like none other, and all the things that we falter in and, and the, the way that you love us and are waiting for us to repent and follow you. And I pray that this morning that we all take a moment to, to repent to you. To think about where our lives are. To think about where you command us to be, Lord. Because you created us. You are the master of the universe the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega, and we praise you for that. You have made us each with a purpose, and I pray that this morning you open our minds in the stillness of this moment and in the times of worship and prayer and and learning that we seek your will and we seek your guidance, that we don't accept our lives as the same as they are every day, but that we learn and yearn for more of what you want us to do. That we change our direction based on your words. I thank you for the worship that we're about to experience to honor you. And every word that we sing, let it bring, let it bring honor to you and praise to you and love to you. And in your holy name we pray. Amen.
that song, people need the Lord. Do we really? Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that people do need the Lord? Has it has the Lord made a difference in your life, in our life? We've been talking in the last three weeks, four weeks now, about sharing the gospel and and these home kits here. If you've not received one, uh, feel free to come down and pick one up. Um, but again, thinking about how this world needs the Lord. And if we keep the gospel to ourselves, then people don't know about the Lord, do they? And so over the last three or four weeks, we've, we've tried to make it a little bit easier to, for us to help make the love of Jesus known to those around us. Uh, some, some tools in, in these boxes here. And today we're going to talk about um, Jesus' purpose and, and how, we, how He interworks that into our life and what He has called us to do individually, corporately as a body of believers and, and as the body of New Hope Baptist Church. <clears throat> but the, we, we looked at the process last week of, uh, of how to do that and, and in today to look at uh, Jesus' purpose. And, and so we're going to unfold that in, or unpack that in Ezekiel chapter 47 if you want to turn to that. And next week is Father's Day and... Uh, when, when, when the girls were, were little, I've got three adult girls now, and, but when they were little, I used to take them every Father's Day down to the farm, and, and we'd go creek stomping, okay? We'd go you know, walking up and down the creeks looking for, Claire loved to pick up rocks and had a little rock collection, so we, you know, we, we, we pilfered through the, the, the tons of rocks, and she found just the perfect little rocks, and you know, look for critters and that sort of thing, and then We'd do that after, after church that afternoon and uh, that evening, you know, after a, a long day of playing in the, sun, playing in the water in the sun, uh, we would go back up to the house and, and eat burgers with Biggie, okay? On, that was my dad, what they called my dad, and, and uh, enjoyed the rest of Father's Day there. A um, couple of, well, several months ago now, back during COVID, I did one of our, one of our Sunday morning series, I think it was. Uh, from that creek, uh, the, the creek side there. But if you think about it, just like any creek or river, the, the, the current, the landscape, the bottom of the, uh, of the creek or the lake, the, the banks, they're all different, aren't they? They're all unique, and every spot is unique into itself. But, but here at, at the creek at the farm, we call the farm, which is where Mama's house is, there was one place that we, that we cross over to go over, go over into the other pastures. And, and, and the creek there is just, doesn't even hardly look like a creek, okay? It, it's pretty deep right here, and then it just goes, I mean, when you go across it, you don't even hardly get your shoes wet, okay? It, it's that shallow. But then just down the, just down the way from that little uh, shallow creek part there, 
you see the, the, the running water and it's running really fast and, and over some rocks and makes a little uh, uh, waterfall as, as sorts. And then just beyond the waterfall, there are, there, there, there's a big pool area, okay? And it's deep. It's probably waist deep. And, you know, we call it, it could be a little swimming hole if you wanted it to be. Um, but in, in Ezekiel chapter 47, we see something along those same lines. Not Certainly not a creek, but a, but a huge river flowing from the throne of God. And, and Ezekiel is taken to several different points on this river and, and, and he's asked to cross it or, or to get in it. And the prophet receives the vision of this uh, river flowing from the throne of God, from the temple. And again, he's, he's asked to cross at different areas along the way. And so each of these areas signifies something. And so the interesting thing about this, and we're thinking about the, the new Jerusalem, the new temple, okay, um, at the day, in Ezekiel's day, there was no river in, in Jerusalem. And so what he is seeing is something in the future. And, and so Ezekiel 47, verses 1 through 12, we're going to look this morning at, at what the river means, the meaning of the river, what the river signifies, and then what each of those crossing points signifies. He crosses over where it's ankle deep, where it's uh, knee deep, where it's waist deep, and then even where it gets too deep to cross. Okay, it's, it's over his head. But, but think about it. The deeper the water gets, the more life exists there. Right? There's a whole lot more life in a huge lake and a huge river than just a small trickle of a creek. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. So listen how Ezekiel describes uh, this in Ezekiel chapter 47. Uh, Ezekiel uh, chapter 40 through 48, he is laying out what the, what the temple is going to look, look like. He's describing the, the millennial reign in, in great detail here. And in, and in, verse four, in chapter 47, he goes on to talk about the, the river of life flowing from the throne of God, throwing, uh, flowing out into the land. And so he describes it here in, in Ezekiel chapter 47. Verses 1 through 12, it says, The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, where the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gates facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measurement line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off a thou another thousand and led me through water that was up to my waist. He measured off another thousand, but it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and it was so and it was deep enough to swim, a river that no one could cross. And he asked me, Son of man, <coughs> do you see this? And then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, 
This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down to Arahab, where it enters the sea. And when it empties into the sea, now the sea is the Dead Sea, okay? The, the Dead Sea is full of salt. There's no life in it. But listen to what happens. When it empties into the sea, into the Dead Sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the water flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the, along the shore from Engedi to Eneglium. Uh, there will be places for spreading of the nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. The leaves will not, be, will not wither, nor their fruit, fruit fail. Every month they will bear because water from the sanctuary flows to them. The fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Now, this was a foreshadowing of the coming kingdom of God. And, and now listen to the parallel verse in, in, in Revelation uh, 22. Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2. It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and, on, and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. And so we see in both of these passages the function of the river is to bring life. It's, to, it, it's life-giving. And then we look in John chapter 7, and we see that the river is identified as the Holy Spirit. In Romans, I'm sorry, in John chapter 7, verse, verse 37 and 38 and 39, he says, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in Him were later to receive. Upon that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This passage in Ezekiel is a, is a metaphor for a life with God. If you think about the, the first hearers of this word, indeed they thought it was the, the description of paradise. And it was. It says, wherever it flows, wherever the river of life flows, there's life. Okay, we just read that, that there's no, the curse had been lifted, the curse had been removed. And so wherever it flows, there was life. A constant flow of fresh water and, and vegetation was all around it. It gave an abundance of fish, an abundant supply of food. And it says the trees on the riverbank gave everlasting supply of fruit, month in and month out. And so this was not only a picture of what God wants to do in us, but what He wants to do through us. And so think about this. If the, the, the purpose of Jesus' coming was to, was to seek and to save the lost. And His message was to preach the good news 
to anyone that would hear it and to let anyone that would receive it take it. He preached healing for the hurting and, and he brought hope to the hopeless. That was why he came. Let me ask you this morning, are, are you living in hopelessness this morning? Do you have the hope of eternal life when you pass from this life to the next? Do you have the, the hope of eternal life in Christ Jesus? Do you know that, that, that if you were to pass this moment, this day, that you would live forever and ever in the presence of God? You see, God's Word makes that possible. When we give our life over to Him, when we receive Him as our Lord and Savior. But if not, we're living a hopeless life. Our life, we will spend eternity someone, somewhere in heaven or in hell. The question is, where are we going to spend it? And only when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ will we be assured of heaven as our eternal home. And so he preached healing for a hurting world and, a, and hope for the hopelessness. And, and so what if what if us sharing Jesus with our, with our family and, and friends and neighbors, what if that would bring life to them? What if it would bring hope to them? In that song we sang just a moment ago, People Need the Lord, and, and it talks about people living in, in all kind of different areas of life or difficulties of life, the things that they're facing that nobody knows. And there are people in here today, everybody in here is dealing with something in life that probably nobody else or, or the people sitting around them know about. Maybe, I mean, there's a whole spectrum of things that, that we could be dealing with. Some that, are, some that could be life-changing. And some's just an aggravation, you know, like, like Paul said, a thorn in your side. Something that just won't go away. But we are all facing something. And, and so sometimes, if we don't have Jesus, if the person doesn't have Jesus that's dealing with this thing, they, this thing in their life, they have no hope. And we pass them on the street, we pass them in the grocery store aisle, we, we pass them at the gas pumps, wherever it might be. And they're dealing with, with the hopelessness of life and, and just desiring for somebody, even though they don't know it, to share with them what their hope needs, what, where they can find the hope. And all the while, we have, we're carrying that gift of hope that everybody needs. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 38, Jesus said, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in me, Scripture has said. That Scripture has said, okay? This is Jesus talking back about Ezekiel chapter 47, what we just read. Whoever believes in me, Scripture says, Jesus is saying this, whoever believes in me, as Ezekiel 47 says, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. Amen. You see, when we have that, when we believe in Him, when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, those living waters will well up inside us and overflow to those around us. And so we ask ourselves again, is that overflowing to people around us? Amen. Amen. Folks, the world is, 
is parched and dry and, 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 and thirsty. There's a drought of the Holy Spirit in our land and our, our town, our city, our country needs the living water to flow from us and to flow through it so that they have the hope of Jesus. So are we ready? Are we, are we willing to let that living water flow from us? I, I, I preached about my, as I've come to learn, y'all have told me my pitiful little garden last week. But I got a, a water line looped across it and it, it comes on automatically every morning. It waters it for me. Kids will be playing in the, in the water this summer. Maybe you're washing your car, filling the dog bowl up, whatever it is. But think about the Holy Spirit rushing through that hose pipe. What happens when you, when you take that hose pipe and put a crimp in it and you hold it together? Nothing comes out, does it? It may be just a little drip or a dribble of something coming out. I wonder if that's what we're doing with the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen. I wonder if we're putting, the, you know, putting a crimp in the Holy Spirit in our life, not allowing the, 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 the water to flow, the, the living water to flow from us the way that He wants to. Folks, our world is in desperate need of the living water. In this passage, the prophet Ezekiel is, is describing the various levels of, of commitment a, a believer has by comparing it to the depth of the water. And as the river flowed from the temple, it became deeper and, and, and deeper. And we're invited, the, the Lord's inviting us to, to immerse ourselves in the Holy Spirit and become led more and more by the Spirit to the point to where we let it, uh, where we allow it to. To, to guide us and direct us and, and take us in the direction that He wants us to go, not in the direction that we want to go. And so our level of commitment determines our level of growth in Christ. It determines the amount that He's able to use us. And so are we letting ourselves go? The Christian life is, is a life of progression. Amen. And if we're not growing in Christ, we're not living the, the life that Christ wants us to live because He wants us to be moving forward in our relation, growing closer and closer to Him more and more every day. And so the river of life flows freely, bringing life to dry and parched souls in our life. Ezekiel begins in his passage in, in verse 3, and he's describing ankle-deep water. It says in verse 3, As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. Now a thousand cubits is about 1,700 feet, 1,600, feet. And then led me through the water that was ankle-deep. Again, this passage begins with, with Ezekiel sharing his vision of the, of the coming kingdom. And he shares the vision of being led into this river of, of healing and the river of life. 
And so think about when we first come to Christ. We're, we're, we're getting our feet wet. It's there that we're, we're testing the waters. But God calls us to trust in Him and to follow the Holy Spirit and allow Him to lead us on in a little bit deeper. We can... He doesn't want us to stay on dry land. He doesn't want us to stay in ankle-deep water. He wants us to move a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. He's calling us into those deeper waters. But the only way that can happen is when we submit ourselves completely. The more we trust Him, the deeper deeper we can go with Christ. And then as we venture on into the little bit deeper waters, God opens up ministry opportunities for us where we can serve Him and, and, and continue to build our faith upon Him. In Ezekiel 47 verse 4 it says, He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Now we've all been wading in a a shallow river, haven't we? Even in the shallow river, though, our feet can get unstable. Uh, We we, we also used to take the girls up to Lake Lure sometime and get in the river up there. And the current's pretty fast, and even though it was knee deep, you know, it would still knock your foot off the rock. And, and, and cause you to stumble and, and fall. And so you're not quite as sure-footed in the, in the knee-deep water as you were in the ankle-deep. The current's beginning to move a little bit quicker. And so this means that we've got to work a little bit harder and pay a little, more, a little closer attention. We have to trust in the Lord a little bit more and a whole lot less of ourselves. And then you wade on out into the water where it's a little bit deeper, into the waist-deep water in, in, in verse 4, second part of verse 4. It says, he, he measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to my waist. Now, in most cases, in water up to your waist, you can't see the bottom, can you? you, you it's too dark, and, and the current's getting stronger and stronger. And The deeper we get, the more we, we lose control. The deeper we wade out into the river, life becomes more difficult. Obstacles come our way. There are more hidden challenges and obstacles that we have to overcome. And so think about this. When we're, when we're waist deep, half of our body is covered, which, mean, which means we begin to see less of ourselves. We begin to see less of ourselves and more of God. But it also means that our faith is getting stronger and stronger. Again, we're seeing less of ourselves and more of God in our life. Less of me and more of the living water. And it's at that point that, that, that many Christians refuse to grow. It's at that point that they don't want to give up control of their life. It's at that point that they say, I'm okay where I am. But as we go deeper, we're, we're holding the hand of God and, and trusting God as He begins to take over our life more and more. And as that faith grows and we have the hand of God holding us and leading us on, we're now ready to venture out into even deeper waters. Yes, the current is strong and the, the, the feel of the power of the Holy Spirit is leading us through the water. It says in verse 5, He measured off another thousand but it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen 
and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. The body of water now is deep and massive. You can't you can't touch the, the bottom. The current is swift and strong. You're treading water, but you have no control over where you can go or where you're going. You have no control, and you're completely dependent upon God. You're being led by the Holy Spirit, and, and we let go of the comfortable. We let go of the familiar. We let go of, of the sin in our life. We let go of ourselves, and we're letting go of the control in our life and giving it up to Christ. And folks, it's, it's there that we experience the real joy of Christ. It's there that we experience abundant life in Christ. You see, once we swim in the deep, Christ is going to ask us to go back to the shore and begin mentoring other people and bringing them back into the deep as well. But, but unfortunately, many people will decide right then just to stand on the bank or rather to just stand in the ankle-deep water. We've all done that too. We've all been on a hot summer day and you take your shoes off and dip them in the, the first step of the pool or the, the, the bank of the river and oh man, it's just the cool water flowing over and it's nice, it's relaxing and it's amazing how just that little bit of water running across the top of your feet can cool your entire body. And unfortunately, that's where we find a lot of people just on, sitting on the, on the riverbank, sitting on the side of the pool with their feet hanging in the water, enjoying a little bit of what God has for them. But oh, He has so much more. He has so much more when we, when we give it over to Him and trust in Him in everything in life. Oftentimes when we begin telling others about what God has in store for them, if, if we'll just let go and, and trust God and, and follow Him, they become agitated because they're comfortable where they are. You see, some, some just don't desire to go any deeper. They're okay where they are. Most won't go but some will. And so this morning, I want to ask you today, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go spiritually? And I guess to back up, let me ask the question first, where are you spiritually? Are you on the riverbank and you've never accepted Christ? Or maybe, maybe you've accepted Christ and, 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 and you're just allowing a little bit of the Holy Spirit to wash over you. What is it, what is it that we want spiritually? How far, how deep in do we want to go? Remember last week's story, and it was about Jesus where He sent out the 72 disciples to go out and, and minister in His name with His power. We find in Luke chapter 10, verse 16 and 17, the conclusion of that story, the disciples now have, have come back and done an amazing work, an amazing job in the name of Christ. And he comes back in verse 16 and 17 in Luke chapter 10. It says, whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. And so when we share the gospel and people say no or slam the door or get out of here, they're not saying that to you, they're saying that to Christ. 
He said, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. They're not only rejecting Christ, but they're rejecting God the Father. It says the 72 returned with joy in their heart and said, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. Folks, these were everyday people. These were everyday disciples, uh, believers in the river over their heads just trusting God. And they had now come back to the shore telling people what had happened, how God had used them, how they had worked in the name of God. They experienced the work of Christ firsthand in their life. You see, it was at that point that they experienced what they were created for. And a life of God was overflowing from within them out into the people in their community. Again, where are you today? Are you on the riverbank trying to decide to get in? As I said earlier, you will never get in without Christ. The only way to get into the river of life and to experience the living water of Jesus Christ is to accept Him who died on the cross, who God raised from the dead so that we could have that hope of eternal life. Folks, Jesus Christ bled on that cross, they nailed him to the cross and bled for the forgiveness of our sins. For the lies that we tell, for the things that we've stolen, for the covenant that's in our, in our heart, for the rage in our hearts. Christ died for that. When we make money our God instead of God our God. When we look lustfully on the other people, Christ died for all of that so that we could have eternal life in Christ. Or maybe today you're just stepping in. Maybe you're hesitating whether to go deep or not whether to allow God to have a little bit more control. Or maybe you're in waist-deep waters and the, and the current's beginning. Man, I don't know about this life in Christ and, and I don't know whether to give it up and trust Him a little bit more and a little bit more. Where do you find yourself today? Folks, God can and will Use anyone that's willing to step out in faith and trust Him. All we, I'm going to tell you what, God will honor that prayer. Lord, use me. as a song that we sang. Lord, use me. Lord, I want to be used by You. Lord, take me deeper into the water, the living water. Lord, use me in the kingdom for kingdom purposes. I promise you, God will honor that prayer. God will honor it. You know, one of the saddest sights there is is it's to see a dried up, parched, cracked riverbed. It's a shadow of what used to be. That's where our world is. Our world around us is parched and dried and spiritually thirsty. 
God's calling us to know Him more, to trust Him at a deeper level, and then go and make Him known. If you've experienced Christ as your Lord and Savior, that life-giving water, then let it flow, overflow from you into someone else. So that wherever you go, the river of life flows with you, goes with you and overflows from you onto the world around us. Folks, there's a dry, thirsty land of dark souls that need the light and the love and the living water of Jesus Christ. And He's calling us. He's calling us today to be faithful to Him. He'll be faithful to us. And as we go and share, as we looked two weeks ago, God said, He will go with us wherever we go. Whatever we do. He will never leave us or forsake us. He will go with us. Are you willing to go and make Him known? What do you want in your spiritual life? Almighty God, we come to you today, Lord, seeking forgiveness for not being obedient, for not being obedient to the point that you've called us to be. Yes, Lord, to, to experience the freshness of the Holy Spirit. Indeed, it is life-changing. But God, that life change is ongoing change. And God, you want to use us more and more, and, and, and you want us to know you at a, at a deeper level, that we're trusting you more that we're putting our life into your hands, giving up control of ourselves and trusting in you to determine our destination. And so, Father, we ask ourselves this morning, where is it that we want to be? In the shallow water or in the flat, fast-flowing life abundant, deep water with you. And God, we can only determine that individually. And so search our hearts. And God, we'll respond to you according to how you want us to. And so Lord, we ask that you would hear our prayers. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.